Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm thrilled you're joining us. Today, we are going to be talking with a music therapist and some of her products and services and the outcomes, and it's going to be fantastic. I know when I stepped into this space, I didn't even know what a music therapist was. So in case you're one of those, don't worry. We will get those questions answered. But before I... um introduce her. I'm going to do a few shout outs. And one is to the Mark Arneson band. I love their opening music that they did for us called Clarion Call. And I'm so grateful for them. Um, You can download that on any of your music uh, platforms uh, if you like. And then also I have to give a shout out to Dementia Map. We keep growing and ebbing and flowing. If you haven't checked it out, please do so. We have over 150 um, categories. You can search and everyone is welcome. Uh, you don't have to sign in or give any personal information at all. So go to DementiaMap.com. And then April 6th is right around the corner here. And our friends who made the film Determined Fighting Alzheimer's, which followed three women enrolled in a new study to prevent Alzheimer's, is going to air on PBS. So check your schedule in your location for PBS, April 6th, for the um, film Determined, Fighting Against Alzheimer's. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's not too late to join me. If you are going to be around Winona, Winona, Minnesota, I'm going to be there Thursday and Friday this week, April 7th and 8th. And we are going to be doing uh, two screenings of the film A Timeless Love, which is, I still think, one of the most fabulous films uh, featuring a family and what they go through. Um, not only within their family, but within their community, work life, and um, it's just absolutely fantastic. It is a free event being put on by the Winona Dementia Friendly Community um, Week down there, and uh, so I'm very, very excited. You can register by uh, calling them at 507-454-5212. And then on April 20th, I am thrilled to be partnering with Artist Senior Living again. I'm going to be doing a virtual presentation called As the Cookie Crumbles. And there I'll give a lot of my own personal tips and stories that I've gone through on my 30-year journey with my mom. Again, that is free. And you can call to register at 312-423-1514. And then our friends with Central Minnesota Dementia Dementia Community Action Network is having a Dementia Summit 
that is going to feature Dr. Dale Bredesen um, and Dr. Pat Zook will be moderating that. That is free and you can register for that. That's going to be May 12th. And if you go to uh, Dementia Map and just look up the um, Central Minnesota Dementia Community Action Network, you can get their contact information there for that. And then, of course, I always like to share, we're still doing um, a few uh, support groups. And so Arthur Senior Living um, has continued to sponsor Arthur's Memory Cafe, which we do the second and the fourth Wednesday of each month at 1 o'clock Central. Anybody around the world is um, able to join us there. And then Brookdale North Oaks and the Shoreview Community Center have partnered and we do a caregiver connect with a respite program. We are hoping in April, we are gonna be able to meet in person the last couple of months we've had to um, actually meet online. But for either of those, you can reach out to me for more information at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com. Let me see, I also need to let you know about MODS Awards if you haven't heard about them or don't know about them, go to modsawards.org. Um, here, individuals and companies can fill out an application to, to basically be recognized and awarded 5,000 to individuals, 25,000 to organizations for work that you have already completed. Um, it's fantastic. It's open until I think it's May 16th. Um, so go to modsawards.org. We are going to hear from the um, Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner, and then we'll be right back as they talk to us about the footbar walker. I love the footbar walker, and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest. There are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the Footbar Walker. Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day, and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. Well, I am thrilled to be back and introducing you to our guest today, who is Lisa Peterson. She's a nationally board-certified and Oregon-licensed music therapist with 30 years of experience working with people with dementia. She has a passion for um, reminding and empowering people, especially care partners, um, how to access the power of music for well-being. Her company is called Come On, Let's Sing, and she has a new product line out called 101 Timeless Songs. And so I am just thrilled to have her with us 
today. So, hi, Lisa. I welcome you to the show, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Hello, Lori. I'm very, very glad to be here with you today. Well, I am excited as well. You know, I always, my first question to everybody is, you know, have you been personally touched by dementia um, with your own family or circle of friends? Well, I would say that my grandfather, at the end of his life, he he died of cancer, but I think um, from the stories that my grandma told me, when she was caretaking him at home through hospice, he he experienced some sort of um, dementia because he wasn't, you know, his personality was changing and he wasn't able to answer in clear ways and, you know, understand her. So I'm not sure how long that um, that that stage of his life was before he died. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it doesn't make any difference what people's answers are. It's just kind of nice to have a little bit of background because some people say, hey, I, you know, I haven't been in touch with this personally, but boy, have I in my work, you know, and just having that understanding. Yeah. And I know that you really specialize with people um, living with dementia. So let's start out with talking, you know, I'm just going to have you define what is music therapy? Because a lot of people like myself, like I said, when I stepped into this with my mom, I didn't have a clue what was what you did mm -hmm. or what was possible. So how would you define it? Well, my shortest answer is using music and the elements of music address non-musical goals um, and desires, I guess, using music to address non-musical goals. So, for instance, if I'm, my goal um, when I'm working with somebody with dementia and memory loss is to create a meaningful connection um, and safety and predictability and uh, reconnection to them and their past memories and myself mm -hmm. in the present moment. So I use music. I'm always looking to music as my partner, as my co-facilitator to really get into um, their, their brain using music and their personality and their memories. And so I'll use music. I'll find music that's meaningful to them and in a way I'll present it in a way that they can respond to it in a positive way and we can have a positive interaction. So if you're dealing with somebody who's withdrawn or confused or agitated, you can use music to to bring them to another state of being, another state of being, of connection, more um, more joy, more personality, more meaning, more meaning mm -hmm. in their interactions and in their daily life. Okay. You know, one of the things I think is so overlooked, and I did it myself, was, I mean, I can get in the car and I can laugh, I can cry, I can be happy, I can be sad, depending on what music is playing. And, you know, it, it's such a, I think it's so ingrained into us, we don't, we don't realize what a powerful tool it is, because we just, we know what it does to us personally, but we haven't really thought of big picture, you know, sharing and what that does. So what is one thing that, that all care partners can, can utilize to assist in, you know, decreasing agitation or aggression in a person that they care for? Because that, that happens quite frequently. 
I would say music and singing. There is a growing body of evidence, um, research-based evidence saying that singing is the most powerful tool and playing recorded music is a second um, second to the actual singing. So a lot of research is coming out of um, northern European countries like Denmark, Sweden, Norway, and they're using it in nationwide initiatives, training all caregivers to use music because they're seeing benefits for the, both the residents and the people who are caring for them and the relationship between the two. And actually the whole environment of the whole, either it's a home, a small adult family home or an actual facility, they're seeing improved um, just feelings and environment, positive environment, and decrease in needs for pain medication or medication for behaviors. Um, wow, I forgot what the question was. I'm coming back around. How can people use it? Yes. So everybody, this, I was thinking about if there was one thing that I could get across to your audience today is music doesn't belong to anybody. It belongs to everybody. I've heard in my work that, oh, I couldn't wait till you came. I'm so glad you're here. I can't do what you do. And I think to myself, this is my new mission, like not just doing it myself. I'm here to empower everybody to know that they have what it takes to use music in a positive, powerful way to um, have a better day every day with the people they care for. And singing is the number one way there's there's some other ways um like using the elements of music so if you there's a whole series of how we communicate with people and this is everybody not just people with memory loss that 55 percent of all of our communication are elements of body movement facial expression arm movement so it's like this physical language that's very musical. How do we respond to each other? Almost like we do with newborns when they don't have their language skills developed yet. How do we communicate with them in an effective, playful, intimate, meaningful way? We use our bodies. 38% of the of our communication is our voice, our tone of voice, how it modulates, how it moves fast and soft and loud and excitedly. And then only 7% is the actual words that we use. Now this is all communication. So if, if um, care partners realize that only 7% of their communication is words, they don't have to rely so heavily on the words and get frustrated when the words aren't working. They can rely on those musical aspects of their voice, their body movements, and create that. It's called communicative musicality. So it's a musicality we're using with our bodies, voices, and gestures. And you can allow the person you care for to actually lead you in those musical dance-like interactions. Okay, wonderful. Um, and that is, it is so powerful. Like, I don't have a good voice, so I thought, well, I can't be doing this stuff, <laughs> you know. But my mom taught mm -hmm. me through her dementia, it, it's not about tone. It's not about rhythm. It's just about you being you and being joyful. And um, mm -hmm. that took me a long ways to get there, but it was through her joy of music that allowed me to step into that space because I wanted to, I wanted her to be happy and she really wanted to pull me into that. 
And, uh, you know, I was, I'm a, I'm a good shower singer and in the car singer, but not so much in, in public at all. Um, but that, that changed and I, I kind of got over my fear of being judged and just focused on, you know, if they want to judge me because I'm a bad singer, that's fine. But they should also look at what it's doing for my mom and how joyful she oh, is. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that to me was my, my one and in, important goal. Um, do you do, you know, training um, in, in order to be, um, I would, I would imagine you go through extensive training actually to be certified and learn how to really perform, um, you know, with people that you care for. Yes. To be, to become a music therapist, you mm-hmm. need at least four years of training in an accredited program. I can't remember how many we have. We have at least 50, probably more accredited programs across our country. And once you get your bachelor's degree, that's the lowest level that you need. You have to do a six-month, nine-month, or a one-year um, internship, and you have to pass your internship. And then once you complete your internship, then you take a board certification exam. And then once you pass the exam, you can become a board-certified nationally board certified music therapist but after that each state has their own guidelines for registration Oregon over the past couple years um, has made that mandatory if you're music therapy in Oregon you have to be Oregon State registered as well as board certified so each state has their own regulations around that but in school for music therapy you learn how to play piano guitar, singing, basic skills, percussion. You learn a lot of psychology um, departments, therapy departments. Okay. We're getting a little, um, I don't know if the connection isn't very good, but you're kind of going in and out a little bit. So um, I don't know if you're on a cell phone or a landline. Um, I don't know if you heard it at your end, but I know I definitely heard it at mine. And it looks like uh, Lisa uh, just dropped. So (laughs) hopefully she will call back in uh, to our number and we will get her back online with her. Um, I'm a big, big believer in the power of music. Now, it looks like we have somebody on that might be wanting to ask a question. So I'm going to just pull them in and um, see. I have somebody from a 4500 number. Did you have a question or a comment? I got a question for that Lisa lady today. Okay. Well, we have to get her. Okay. We just got her back. So just a second here, okay? So, Lisa, while you're Hello, Lori. Hi. I don't know what happened, but our connection is better, so that's good. We do have a caller on the line um, who has a question for you. So, um, sir, can you say what your name is, please, and then go ahead and ask your question to Lisa? My name's Billy there, and uh, I'm from uh, out here in Alabama. I've got a question about music. Now, now, when you play the banjo there, have you ever listened to that there, that, that instrument? It's a really complicated instrument, right? And I'm, what I'm wondering is, how does the banjo help your life there? When you, when you fly, because I know it's helped mine. Many a time there, I've, I've just I've not done some things that maybe I was thinking, and I go to a bluegrass festival there, and I feel different when I leave there. Now, if I see a rap show, 
makes me more aggressive. I wonder if what your thoughts are on the differences between bluegrass and a band and, and, a, and a rap show right there. What are the differences? Oh my gosh! Well, that's a great question, and that leads me to music preference. Music preference is so important when you are working with people or yourself. Being able to identify what music you prefer and you have positive associations with is the music that you want to use if you're working with somebody to affect positive change. So I think music preference is really key, and it sounds like you really like banjo music, so that's going to be more therapeutic for you than some other music that you don't have such a preference for. I know this. Now, tell me this. What about animals? And what about your dogs there? I know my Rottweilers love bluegrass. And I also know my Rottweilers hate rap music there. Pit bulls love rap music there, and they get confused when they hate the bluegrass. The pit bulls just start going around funny. I've seen it before. I've seen it happen. So is it the same principle in a dog that's in here? Well, this is these are all great questions. So this reminds me of there's been a lot of research done. It's called the memory bump years. So I don't know about dogs what their year span would be, but humans our brains between the age of 10 and 30 store more memories than any other time in our life. And so the music that we were listening to between age 10 and 30 is really really impactful. And that's the music that you want to connect with if you're working with somebody with dementia or memory loss, and um, that more easily taps into their memories. Is that and a French if you're talking there, about dogs, you got to be French to get dementia. Oh. That's French to me. I've never heard of it. It sounds French. Oh. It sounds like a weird French disease. It makes you eat funny food in that place. Okay, well, thank you so much for calling in. We're going to get back to um, our show because we've got so much to cover, but we appreciate you calling in today. So thank you very much. Um, Lisa, I wanted to ask you um, also if there's a best time to use music for people, or does that vary? Okay, so I always, when I'm doing my trainings with people in facilities, I ask them questions about what are the most challenging times of your day. And oftentimes they'll have answers such as bedtime or morning routines or times, uh, shower times or bathing times or meal times or transition times when you need to get up and move. And so the research says, and this is the experience that we're finding, music makes a great transition. It you can create rituals with music. So if you are working in a facility or if you're coming to visit a parent um, and the first thing that you do when you meet them, if you have some sort of music in that first interaction, um, they say if you can create a positive feeling connection with somebody in the first 30 seconds to a minute, then you are more likely to have bonding happening and trust and if there's any stress, it can be handled with a lot more positive um, problem solving. So just seeing somebody's name 
when you're greeting them. And we did this in all the trainings with all the staff, and it really makes a difference when you say people's names and if you use their names in a really musical way. So if I were to say, hi, Lori, how are you doing? You know, that has a tone in and of itself, which is nice and pleasant. But if I start to use the elements of music to say your name, and I think about Lori has two sounds, two syllables, and hello has two syllables, and I think about the rhythm and maybe how I'm going to use my voice in a musical way, I can say, hello, Lori, how are you? And, like, think about my voice going up and down. And when we have more melodic content in our voice and more rhythmic structure, it kicks it over into the music um, aspect of the brain, which is the full brain. So more of the brain is being utilized, actually, when we're employing these uh, musical elements. And it makes it easier for the person um, with dementia to respond in a meaningful way. So I would say greetings and partings if you add some music like happy trails to you until we meet again. And uh, that can make it a pleasant parting and decrease some of the anxiety around parting. And then also around mealtime, sometimes people have distraction and it's really difficult to focus. So the research says if you sing common songs to the caregiver and care receiver, the care partners, if both of them know the music, something like she'll be coming around the mountain or this little light of mine or amazing grace or it had to be you or some of these songs, he's got the whole world in his hands. If you sit and sing together and you create a connection, um, you bring that person into the moment and they find that they understand why they're sitting at the table and they can use their utensils better and they have better digestion and eat more of their meal. So before mealtime is a great time to sing. Um, if you're doing something like showering or bathing and that's a highly stressful time, putting music on beforehand and singing and bringing that lightness um, and joy that you spoke about, even if your voice isn't, um, you know, an operatic performance voice, uh, family members and caregivers, care partners are really special to the person receiving care. And when they're singing, it's different. There's not this expectation of performance. It's a connecting device. Um, it's it's bridging the gap between I love when I was listening to you. What if what do you say? You say bringing crisis. Um, transitioning from crisis to comfort. That's what singing mm -hmm. can do. If someone's in a crisis, like, oh, they're taking my clothes off, and this is really scary, it can bring comfort. Because now, all of a sudden, this is somebody that they are bonding with, they're trusting. Because when we're singing, like dopamine, endorphins, oxytocin, serotonin, they're all being released in both people, both care partners. And so now there's more pleasure, there's increased feeling of happiness and um, responding to stress better and there's more social bonding and love feel it the love hormone is released when we're singing together so all these times that you notice are challenging to start adding music a little bit before and during and then transitioning after so it's a great it's a great um, tool for those challenging times 
Wonderful. You know, I, that is so true. When my mom was in the nursing home, I, I went in and I, you know, was talking to them about making some changes, like you said, for showering or, or you know, getting up in the morning and changing. That that can really, for people as they progress in this disease, be really scary, you know, um, perceiving, a, a yeah. you know, a stranger taking their clothes off and things like that. And we were talking about, you know, remodeling, and one of the things, it was the last thing I added, I had all these physical things that I wanted changed in the bathroom, and he said, well, is there anything else? And I said, yeah, if you can train your staff to sing, and with people in the shower, yeah. I said, you would see aggression go down, I think, close to 100% for most of them, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's fun, when I was, um, Uh, in my prior life before here, you know, in in this space. And then I was in real estate 25 years. I worked with developmentally disabled in a very large setting. And, you know, we kind of did showers kind of like a um, college campus and everybody would come in, but we were all singing and everyone's getting, you know, cleaned up and shaved and they were smiling and laughing and Mm -hmm. singing. And it was, you know, um, some people look down on that saying, well, you know, that's not dignified. And it's like, they are fine. They're absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. They're engaged. Mm-hmm. This is something we have to do. You know, back then we didn't have as many staff. And I mean, it was just, it was, it was a very different, you know, situation. And um, I, like I said, I kind of related it to, you know, even high school or college, you know, you go in and there's the big shower rooms and, and stuff, but mm-hmm. music is so Powerful, so so powerful. Well, you know, one thing that I I really want to talk about because um, I want to make sure that we have enough time for this is you have um, both products and services, and you've got uh, you've launched a hundred and one timeless songs. Why don't you tell us about that? Because I think it's really important for people to know how do I get my hands on some of these tools um, that can support me with music as well as just turning on the radio and, or trying to sing by myself. Some of us need prompts and guidance, you know, to, to move forward. And, you know, um, also if you can let us know if this is just for families or if this can be used more in a commercial community setting as well. Um, but yeah, please tell us what all you've pulled together. Cause I think it's amazing. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much. This is wonderful to be able to talk about it with you and all the all of your listeners. Um, I would say one of my passions as a music therapist is finding songs, the right songs that unlock uh, somebody's ability to be present with me and to be joyful. And so this led me to pulling together a collection of songs that would be familiar um, and all the research says familiarity is really important. So if I can find music that is familiar to people during their memory bump years that I spoke about earlier um, across ages of caregivers and care receivers. So it's important that the people singing <clears throat> are familiar with and have some level of enjoyment of the song. So I found songs that had um, staying power o- over multiple generations from like the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, all the way up till to now. Basically, over the past 100 years, these songs have staying power. Um, Some of them aren't that old, but they had enough iconic stature to be able to be included in the collection. So I put together 101 songs that were easy to sing, that had a somewhat positive message or comforting message, 
um, that spans different um, cultures and genres. There's a couple of songs in here with the Spanish language, Salito Lindo, and I put that in there because it um, it has familiar, familiar, familiarity across um, English speakers, Spanish speakers, because the, the chorus, and if you're out there listening, sing that with me. And so it's a great one. We've been using that with a lot of the staff <coughs> here in Oregon. Excuse me. <clears throat> Here in Oregon, we have a lot of Spanish speakers, and I wanted to include some songs in there for them uh, to feel empowered to lead singing. And what's great about these materials is there's a leader book for the person facilitating, um, and it has the actual music. So uh, I have some people now who purchased the book who are teaching themselves to play piano, guitar, or ukulele, and I have all the charts in the back, so it's easy to learn and play along with the recording. So there's three parts. There's the lyric book for people who are singing, and it's in large print, and they're all illustrated. So even if someone has difficulty reading, they can still enjoy. Um, they're all unique illustrations for each song that has cultural significance and meaning. And so if you're using the leader book, you can play the music on your own or with a recording that goes with each song. And then there's a whole page of song history, who did these renditions, facilitation ideas, discussion questions um, that go along with each song. So if you're an activity director or a friend or a family member or a caregiver, you can just sit down and um, utilize some of these ideas on the information page. And I'll give you an example. I have um, one woman who lives at home. She's in her 90s. And... Her caregivers bought the whole set for me because this woman loves music. She was in choirs her whole life, and so music is really a way that they connect in an enjoyable way. So one of the caregivers uses the, the leader book because she plays guitar, and so she'll start playing and singing, and the woman that they're caring for will sing along or hum or kind of move her body. And they talk about the discussion things and who did the famous rendition of She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain um, and see if they can do a little reminiscing while they're singing. And then the other caregiver, she doesn't use, she doesn't play music at all, but she loves to sing. So she'll turn on the recordings and all day they're kind of humming along or singing along to the recordings. And sometimes um, the woman they care for sits down at the piano and looks at the leader book and she'll start, you know, trying to play along with the recording. And that's fun for her because she used to play a little piano. Um, and sometimes they don't even use the recording. They'll get out the lyric book and they'll sit and see if they know any songs. And both care partners can um, follow and lead. And that's one of the great things about these materials. There's no designated leader. Um, when I'm working in facilities, by the last week I try to get the, um, all the caregivers or the staff people to start leading the songs without me because I'm only there for a certain number of weeks and then they're on their own. And so what happens is what I noticed was really beautiful. The staff would look towards the residents for assistance because the residents are really vocal about singing and they have fewer inhibitions about singing. And so if you give them a song 
either on a lyric page or you start singing a song or give them a song title, go start to sing and be your leader. And so I was seeing um, the residents who lived there were leading the songs, leading the staff, and I think that was a really valuable moment for the staff to feel like the residents were their mentors. And I think the residents really needed that experience to know I have lived my whole life. I've gained um, a lot of skills. I have a lot of experience. I have a lot to offer. And in these moments, these musical moments, they were able to be the lead. They were able to um, mentor the staff, and the staff felt that level of vulnerability that our residents and um, family members often feel. They feel vulnerable because they need help. And so it allows a little bit of a balance, a more balance between leading and following and, and equality. Um, I so love the materials are uh, – go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I love that you mentioned the vulnerability because actually, you know, over in the UK and Australia and stuff, um, some of them actually train, the, their staff training is uh, less on dementia and more on vulnerability in their personal lives and having to share because it changes how they view everything and how they view everyone around them and how they interact. And I think that's a really, really key point that no matter who we are, no matter what our situation, we're, we all have vulnerable aspects in our life, no matter how much we try to cover them up and put on the Stepford wife smile where we're just not comfortable doing stuff. But yeah. it really is stepping in. And I love, too, because um, when you were talking about training, how you step back and really let them step up because you want them to be successful once you're done with your training. Yeah. And and I don't always see that with trainers. You know, they go in, they do their thing, um, but people haven't really applied it and felt what it feels like to be in that position. And some are really comfortable. Mm -hmm. Some, you know, like I suppose in music, have really good voices and maybe they've been in the choir or in church or whatever. And then there's people like me that love music and I'll lip sync when I go to church, but I don't let anything squeak out of my mouth because I'm embarrassed. Oh no. You know? And so it's um you know, but that's that's just you know, that's just me. But again, I learned to get over that and you know, when you mm -hmm. I think also when you sing with passion when it really comes from the heart, um it tunes you up a little bit too. I, I don't know if that's really true. Maybe that's just what I told myself to to get through those moments of of my vulnerability until I was really comfortable with that. But I think that was a great point um, that you made there. So um, please continue and and let us know how how people can um, get some of your products or, or tools or sign up for a training program and and things with you. Okay. Well, I have a website. It's called Come On, Let's Sing, www.comeonletssing. And on the website, you'll see you can purchase these items a la carte. You can just get one at a time, or you can join one of our programs. <clears throat> we have a free level where we just give you some samples and some ideas and some really strong rationale on why it's important to use music. Um, I I often think about Oliver Sacks. He says, um, when people are lost in dementia, music is not a luxury, it's a necessity. And I would extend that to the both care partners. It's a necessity for both partners. 
Um, so we have some materials that explain a little bit more about that in the free uh, plan. And then if you take it up one step, you'll get just the recordings. I know some people just need the recordings. So um, you can get that off the off the website, or I also have all my tunes, all 101 tunes on Bandcamp, and I walk you through um, with a video how to download Bandcamp app on your phone, and then you can have them anywhere on your phone, your iPad, your computer, um, for life, and wherever you are. Sometimes people need a little assistance, so if you get all recordings, you'll also get some of the free materials on why am I using music? Why is this good for me um, and for my care partner and for our whole relationship? Um, so that's one level. And then another level is where you get more and more digital um, support through lyric videos. So I turned all these songs into lyric videos. Some people use the TV a lot instead of um, any record any device that plays music alone. So I made the lyric videos and you'd have access to all those and you'd be able to put it on the TV if you're a family member or a spouse and you need to go make a meal, you can have your spouse be watching and listening and um, singing along to the videos. And then another level is for caregivers. So if you want the actual book, a physical book, the leader book, the lyric book, and all the digital support materials, that's another level. And then um, there's facilities. So if you are um, a small care facility or a large care facility, um, you would get materials. And then there's a, you would write to me individually if you were interested in training. So I've done trainings mostly in the Portland area where I live, Portland, Oregon area. But I've also done some trainings remotely in Texas and in Colorado. So that's possible too. And within the next month, I'll have some more of those training materials um, pre-recorded so it would be easy to watch at your own leisure. But um, if you would like to participate in a training, um, just send me an email and we can talk about um, if it's a family, if it's a, a, a dementia support group, which I'm working with right now. There's a dementia support group up in Washington that I'm working with them um, remotely, and it's working out really well. So I would need to know the details of who the participants would be and how long we would do the training, and then we could work on um, pricing details. So Wonderful. there's a lot of material on the website. Browse, and uh, my my main... Um, my main goal here is to make it easy and fun. Like, if I can convince you now that that you can do the music, everyone was born with the ability to use music to connect and for their own health and well-being. Um, and then the next step is, if you want more support and more materials, I've created materials um, with songs that will make it easy for you and your care partner to engage in music together in an even more powerful way. Oh, nice, nice. Well, and the um, the quotes that you have from people are just spectacular, too. Um, there's one here. This is the best-looking songbook I've ever seen. I'm really excited about this book, and this was from a, a pastor and an experienced song leader. Um, someone else writes, uh, these are all songs that I would choose to sing with my friends in my choir and with my grandchildren. 
So there's there's so much on this site for you to look over and so much content that you have developed to make it easier, which is really, really important these days, especially when so many communities are short-staffed. Um, anything we can do to make their jobs a little bit easier um, is very important. So again, that website is comeonletssing.com. And the email is come on, let's sing at gmail.com. And I also wanted to um, mention when you had said, you know, sometimes the, the participants, um, those living with dementia, you know, they can be leaders. I, I remember my mom in her earlier stages, they had a choir at the nursing home, and she loved, 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 loved walking around singing with the choir. And she was one of those lead voices. And sometimes, you know, depending on generations and comfort level and things, sometimes uh, people leading don't necessarily know all the words, but they really come back, um, you know, for the people participating. <laughs> and it's it's pretty amazing to watch. And so, you know, don't um, don't push that aside. You know, leverage that out um, and. Um, really empower the people participating in because uh, that's a, that's another cool aspect I think in terms of dealing, dealing with music. Um, well, this has just been wonderful. Um, I want to, you know, we've got a, a few minutes left here, but what are some signs that people should look for that music is working? Because I, I don't think we're really good at picking up on nonverbal signs these days anymore. Okay, can I couch this in a story? We're going to go back to the beginning where you talked about um, did I have any experience with people with dementia? And I would say when I was 18 years old, my grandfather, he was at the end of his life, and I thought this might be the last time I see him. Music's been so important to him. But um, when I walked in the hospital room, he was he was despondent. He was not talking to anybody. He looked completely depressed. I felt disconnected from him. My grandma was like a mess. All the nurses looked really busy and professional-like, and it was a very, very sterile environment. And I know um, some facilities might feel this way, but this was a hospital my grandfather was at. And I thought to myself, I said, I want to see my grandpa. I want to see who he is um, one more time. And so I pulled out his harmonica, and I said, Grandpa, can you play harmonica, just one song, please? And he said, no, I can't. I, I don't have the breath. I can't do it. And then I, you know, the naivety of an 18-year-old, I was like, please. And um, he took that harmonica in his mouth, and he played one song, and then he played another song, and then he played another song. And some of the signs I was looking for, I didn't know to look for him, but I felt it. I experienced it, and it changed the whole course of my life in that moment. I saw more eye contact. I saw more joy. I saw the nurses treat my grandpa like he was a human being with a past, with a lot of value. I saw people dancing. I saw people smiling. I saw people moving their bodies to the music. I saw them relaxing their posture and opening their heart, like where their heart is. When you start to sing and dance, notice how your posture changes. Um, uh, so the things we're looking for are body movement, more awareness of other people, more eye contact, more uh, like 
more regular, deeper breathing because when we're singing and moving, it it causes us to breathe deeper. Um, Those are some of the signs. More aliveness. Like before I do a session, I walk and I scan the room, and oftentimes people are in their own bubble. They're they're like separated from their body. It feels like their mind somewhere else and their body somewhere else and their attention is even somewhere else, like staff and residents. And then when you start to sow in the seeds of music, you start to follow their lead. You look at their bodies and what are they doing and how can I mirror that? How can I let them lead me in my music making? And you start adding songs, familiar songs, songs that have good messages. Um, you start to see people connect, and music is like the glue that connects us. So one person across the room starts tapping their foot. I start following their lead, their tempo, their rhythm, their dynamics, and then someone else starts um, walking beside me, directing me, and I follow their direction, and then someone else, like, starts tapping their foot or clapping their hands, and I start stamping my feet. So there's – it's we create a web of connection through all these signs that we're looking for. The music is working. Even if they're not singing with you, if you see more of a smile, you see facial expression. The research says that when you start using singing and caregiving, people's minds get more connected to their body. When you're not singing, they're not able to focus on tasks. They're kind of, um, sitting cockeyed and they're not using their full strength, but as soon as you start using singing and music, they're more united, their mind and their body. So they're able to complete tasks. They're able to sit up straight. They're able to use their um, their strengths. And so all these signs you're looking for, are they connected to their body? And how can I tell? You know, are they sitting up better? Are they moving? Oftentimes when you're tapping, it's a bilateral movement. So your left and your right are both working in um, cooperation with each other. And then you notice more humor and laughing and just a shared experience where you feel like you are working as a team. And that's what the Mm -hmm. research says, too. It feels more like a meaningful back-and-forth collaboration And so in that hospital room, when I saw my grandpa collaborating, leading, uh, people responding in an enlivened way, I said, this is what I have to do for the rest of my life. And that was like the first step in my professional journey as a music therapist. And I've been committed, impassioned um, ever since. And now I think, now I'm in my 50s and I'm like, I need to pass this on to other people, empower them. I don't have a claim on music or music therapy everybody has the tools to use music and how can i give it to them and this is what this is what i've created um to help you guys see those signs and feel that empowerment like i can do this music is my partner too music is my um my superpower yeah well and it changes the mood of the care the care partner caregiver carer you know care companion whatever you want to say professional or family when you're having fun when you're seeing yeah. joy when you're seeing the glint in the eye and the the smile and you're hearing the giggles and you're seeing the movement um you know we took some yeah. some videos of my mom engaging with a musician and we were going to record her for an hour she only lasted half an hour 
but they're on my YouTube channel and people are just in awe watching her because she would come out of a sleep, you know, she'd be kind of dozing off and then she would participate and then she'd get tired and she'd go back to sleep. But there was no denying, no denying the joy that she felt and the happiness when she was engaged um, in those moments. And that was even in, you know, her, towards her end stages. And, um, you know, I also like when you said, you know, staff looked at my grandpa like he was a human. He had a past. He had a personality um, because you were able to pull that out. And there's there's kind of that reckoning that happens of, oh, my gosh, or you see um, Naomi File, you know, with singing that song with the woman and she starts singing yeah. or, um, you know, there's the film out there that all of a sudden I'm, I'm going blank on the name of uh, Alive, Alive Inside. Inside. Is it yep. Alive Inside? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, where, and it, you know, it doesn't have to be a person with dementia. It can be any person with, with anything going on. Um, but music is powerful and we should never, never under, underestimate it at all. So again, listeners, I would really encourage you to go to Lisa's site, um, www.comeonletssing.com. You will find a wealth of information there and many different levels, you know, in terms of from free to purchasing for individual families to organizations um, and training. Um, again, the email is come on, let's sing at gmail.com. And is it okay that I give out a phone number for you as well, Lisa, if people want to call or do you prefer yes. emails? Okay. So a phone um, number. Yes, oh, I can call. Okay. Um, would you want to give that out just in case maybe I have the wrong number? Okay, Sure. My phone number is 503-901-6953. Okay, wonderful. And that is the number I had. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. This was a wonderful conversation. And, um, again, I am a big, big believer in the power of music. I've seen it over and over, not just with my mom, but with so many people. This is worth checking out. This is one of those um social cures, you know, to, to raise everybody up and make them feel a little bit more comfortable on their journey um, and learn to enjoy the journey, to find the joy, and, and music can really help bring that out. So, again, thank you so much, Lisa. Thank we you, are, Lori. Thank you. We are going to wrap things up and hear from the All's authors, but we will talk to you again very soon. Hello, podcast listener. If you're caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's or dementia, you'll want to check out All's Authors, the global community of authors writing about Alzheimer's and dementia from personal experience. We have the most comprehensive collection of hundreds of carefully vetted books and blogs covering all types of dementia and caring situations. Our authors' personal stories and painfully learned lessons can help you on your own journey. We also offer a fabulous podcast called Untangling Alzheimer's and Dementia, which you can find on any of your podcast platforms. Remember, you are not alone. One can sing a lonely song, but we chose to form a choir and create harmony. Find us at allsauthors.com.